This is the podcast of Tressler Mennonite Church. Each week we replay the sermon from our Sunday morning service so that anyone who may have missed the sermon can catch it later. And we want to especially thank those of you who missed the sermon because you were working with our youngest children during the service time. This sermon was part of our Hebrew series, chapter 2, verses 5 through 9, and it was from November 20th, 2022. So I was kind of wondering when I was preparing for this, how many of you have spent much time looking at pictures from the James Webb Telescope online or printed out somewhere? If you, if you aren't familiar with that telescope, it was, it's a space-based telescope that was launched into space a little less than a year ago, I think on Christmas Day last year. And it was actually put out into solar orbit rather than Earth orbit And so it's about a million miles from Earth. Um, It's in a place in solar orbit so that it stays stationary in relationship to the planet Earth, even though we are both orbiting around the sun. And it was put there because it needs to be cold. I mean, you thought this morning was cold, but it, it needs to be cold. It's about 388 degrees below zero kind of cold because it's an infrared telescope and any heat around it would hinder its ability to see. So it's, the business end of it is behind a large heat shield to separate it from the sun's energy, and it is deeply cold. And once they got it up and running, NASA began to publish pictures, and I find these pictures really, really pretty. Um, and I don't know what you're thinking. You might be thinking, hey, is, is a sermon a good place to show pictures of stars? Well, In Psalm 19, David writes, The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship, and day after day they continue to speak, and night after night they make him known. They speak without a sound or word. Their voice is never heard. Yet their message has gone throughout the earth, and their words to all the world. And so I... I got to wondering if perhaps, perhaps more sermons should start with pictures of stars, for the scriptures say that the stars have made God known throughout the world. And maybe churches should sponsor astronomy classes. I, I'm not really into astronomy much. I just like looking at pretty pictures on the computer of things that God made. But I can remember the first time that I had a chance to look at the stars through a semi-decent telescope. And it was actually at an astronomy event sponsored by a Christian group. I think in western Missouri, although we may have been across the line into Kansas, I don't remember for sure. But I got to thinking, you know what? If the heavens declare the glory of God, perhaps churches should be more involved in examining the heavens. But unfortunately, unfortunately, not everybody who looks at the sky begins to marvel and begins to wonder about a creator. Not everybody listens to the message that the stars proclaim. Some people look at the stars and they see all of that vastness, they see the galaxies, and they begin to feel very, very small. So in this cartoon that's on the screen, Calvin looks at the sky and he says, the people are just tiny specks on a planet particle hurling through the infinite blackness. And perhaps when people feel that way, that's why they, like Calvin, run inside 
and they turn on all the lights. Or people work so hard to light up the outside, maybe they don't want to see the message that God has set there for all people to see. Because see, sometimes instead of being awed by the majesty of the Creator, we're just faced with our own insignificance, and that really, that really weighs us down. But David, again, in a different psalm, David, had, David encourages us towards a different response. In Psalm 8, he says, When I look at the night sky and see the work of your fingers, the moon and the, sun, moon and the stars that you set in place, what are mere mortals that you should think about them, human beings that you should care for them. So David's initial response here as he starts writing this psalm is kind of like Calvin's response in that cartoon. He looks up at the sky, he sees this beauty, this majesty, and he thinks of his own insignificance. But David goes on. He says, yet you made them, that'd be people, you made them only a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. You gave them charge over everything you made, putting all things under their authority, the flocks and the herds and all the wild animals, the birds of the sky, the fish in the sea, and everything that swims in the ocean currents. O Lord, our Lord, your majestic name fills the earth. So in the midst of his wonder and his awe, David does not forget one very important truth, that the God who created all of that, that thing that so impresses us, all of that, that God made people in his own image to rule his creation as his representatives. And that's Genesis 1. But I'm not really here to talk about the stars this morning, of course. I'm not here to talk about how creation displays God's glory, although that's a beautiful thing. We're here to talk about Hebrews because Tressler is working through the book of Hebrews. We have our sermon series on there. And anytime you talk about Hebrews, you end up talking about Jesus, which is just a great subject for every Sunday morning. I don't think you could go wrong with a sermon about Jesus. But I started this way because the author of Hebrews quotes Psalm 8. And I guess I want to give you the context quickly of where we're at in Hebrews, and then we'll, and then we'll go from there. Um, the author of Hebrews is trying to make the point that Jesus is greater than angels. He makes a big point. He's a well-developed argument. But in this particular place, he has been talking about how Jesus is more important than the angels. I mean, the angels are very important. He's not lowering them. When an angel gives you a message, you had better listen to that message. But the point is kind of that Jesus is greater than the angels. So when Jesus gives us a message, we had better listen very carefully to his message. So in the five verses for today, the author kind of builds on that theme, and he begins to shift towards the idea of showing that Jesus was fully human, and he begins to help us understand how and why that matters so much to us. So for today, we're in verses five through nine, and the author of Hebrews has just said that Jesus is greater than the angels, and he goes on to emphasize that point by saying, and furthermore, it's not angels who will control the future world that we are talking about. In other words, we're back to that, that um, theme again, that Jesus is greater than the angels. The angels are not given rule and authority. They're not given power. They are servants and messengers. So angels will not control the future world. We're talking about, for in one place, the scriptures say, what are mere mortals that you should think of them, or a son of man that you should care for him? Yet for a little while you made them lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You gave them authority 
over all things. And this is, if you might remember now, it might sound familiar, this is a quote from Psalm 8, in which David marvels at the role that God has given humans. So the God who spoke the stars into existence actually intended for people to be his representatives, and he gave them authority over all things. That's a little bit mind-boggling for me to think about. We get glimpses in Scripture about how amazing the angels are and stuff, but the Scripture is clear that it is people that God created to be his representatives and to rule on his behalf, caring for his world that he created. Of course, that didn't, didn't work out right. I think you know that story from Genesis 3. People rebelled, people rejected that role. And so the author of Hebrews goes on, he says, Now, when it says all things, it means nothing's left out, but we have not yet seen all things put under their authority. And I think we probably get this. God intended people to be his representatives, to rule creation on his behalf, to be his image bearers. But when we actually look around the world, or at least... If you're like me, when I look around the world, I don't really see the image of God presented like I imagine he intended. In fact, too often we reflect the image of much other than God. And so is it hopeless? Has God's plan entirely failed? Well, no. The author of Hebrews goes on and he says it's something like this. He says, what we do see is Jesus, who for a little while was given a position a little lower than the angels. That's when he became a person, born a baby to a poor family in Bethlehem. You know that story. And because he suffered death for us, he is now crowned with glory and honor. Yes, by God's grace, Jesus tasted death for everyone. So if you remember back in chapter one of Hebrews, the author describes Jesus as one who expresses the very character of God, who has an eternal throne, which from which he reigns with justice over all possible enemies. So Jesus is the one human who was human in the fullness of what God intended people to be. So Jesus is not some angelic being. He's greater than the angels, far greater. That's one of the points the author makes. But he's also fully human. And actually, in some ways, more fully human than anybody else has ever been because Jesus actually lived out what God intended him to be, and all the rest of us have failed, and we have not been who he has intended us to be. Now, we didn't design it this way, at least, at least I didn't, but this is a really excellent place to be in our Hebrew series as we get ready for Advent season coming up, which starts next week, actually, although... It's a hard time imagining that it's that close at this point. But the author of Hebrews is essentially telling us why it matters that Jesus came to be a person. Why are we celebrating Christmas? What's the big deal? So the author of Hebrews is addressing that kind of an idea. In many ways, there's a little bit more in the next passage in Hebrews, the rest of chapter 2. But during Advent season, as we celebrate Jesus coming as a person... This is what we should be thinking about. This section of Hebrews is trying to lay out why this matters. But for today, for today, part of the main thing that these verses 5 to 9 is talking about is that God created the world, and for reasons that I don't quite get, created people to be a little 
lower than the angels on one hand, but he also gave them the role of being his representatives, his image bearers in creation. And people failed to do that because they rebelled against God first in the garden, but every one of us has continued that pattern, except for Jesus, who was born as a person. He also did everything that God intended human beings to be, and then he died for us. And I, I feel like this passage ends kind of abruptly, but that's because the author of Hebrews keeps going on and on, and his, his argument flows and develops, and somewhere you have to stop, or else it would be an extremely long sermon. And actually, in the New Living Translation, which we tend to use, this ends right in the middle of a chapter, not chapter, a paragraph. In other translations, it's actually at the end of a paragraph. It's hard to know where to break, but but it's a good spot to stop because from a teaching perspective, I want to pause kind of here and I want to look at a, or talk about a couple aspects that are, that are present. If you read this passage, you're going to notice that different translations translate it differently. And that's always true to an extent, but the differences are bigger than sometimes. And since he's quoting Psalm 8, you flip your Bible back there and you read Psalm 8 in several different translations and you'll notice those differences are a little larger than sometimes, and that creates some discussion. People will argue a little bit about exactly how to handle Hebrews and what exactly the author is trying to say. And so what I shared this morning is what makes a lot of sense to me, and it fits with the wording of the New Living Translation, which we tend to use here on Sunday mornings. It's also drawn from commentaries that I respect and trust, but not everybody does it the same way or interprets it the same way. It doesn't seem like there's much argument about the basic points or the basic views or the applications, but there's another view that Psalm 8 is much more messianic than I presented it. It's much more directly about Jesus in these people's mind than about people in general. And so I presented Hebrews as commenting that people failed to live up their, to their created task, but fortunately Jesus was the full and complete true human who did live as God intended people to live. But there's an alternative view that seems to think that the author of Hebrews is reading Psalm 8 as being directly about Jesus. And that, in that case, his reference to Psalm 8 is saying that Jesus descended from heaven, lived as a man, died and rose, and then ascended to the Father. And we don't yet see Jesus revealed as the full and complete king that he will be, but we will see that someday. And I think the practical differences are pretty subtle. But... Go home and read a whole bunch of different translations. We are blessed in English to have many, many different translations. Read them. Decide for yourselves. But either way, this is all about Jesus, who came to live as a person, fully human and yet perfect and sinless. He died for us. He has since been raised to glory. And the letter goes on about what this means for us. And that continues with the next time. And in one aspect, this theme is going to be part of our services until after Christmas because it's also what we celebrate during Advent season, that Jesus became a person. So I started with pictures of stars from that telescope. Here is another picture from that same telescope. And I really like this picture as well, capturing some amazing aspects of God's power and glory. So when you, when you get home, look up more pictures on the internet if you have it, or wait till it gets dark and look up at the sky. It's getting harder and harder to see the sky in a lot of the places, including southern Delaware. 
people tend to be a little careless with their lights, but find the darkest place you can, and if, you're, if it's dark enough, you'll see the Milky Way. And that haze of light that you see is actually the light of a whole bunch of individual stars that are too far and too distant for you to be able to see, but they make a haze that streaks across the sky. But some of those things that you see that look like stars aren't. They are actually galaxies of billions of stars so far away that they look like a single point of light. So, so go home, go out in the dark. I know it's a little cold right now, but put on a coat. Lay down on the ground and stare at the sky. The heavens proclaim the glory of God, and the skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day they continue to speak, and night after night they make him known. They speak without a word or a sound. Their voice is never heard. Yet their message has gone through the earth, and their words to all the world. And then after you've done that, don't be like Calvin and run inside and turn on the lights because you feel too small and insignificant. Instead, remember that the God who made all of that cares about people. Jesus, God's own son, left glory to come to heaven to be a person, and he lived in the fullness that God intended for people to live, although all other humans have failed. And then Jesus died for us and was raised and ascended in all glory and honor. And there's a lot more to the story. That's why we have sermons every week. But for today, bask for a moment in God's majesty and then remember that that amazing God cares about you. And I think that's the take home message for today. listening to the Trustler Mennonite Sermon from November 20th, 2022, the passage was Hebrews chapter 2, verses 5 through 9. Take care.